0: hello everyone this is ross harris thank you so much for tuning into another interview episode of kingdom city before we get into the interview i just want to remind you guys to please give us a five-star review on the podcast app where you listen to us wherever that is and if this episode blesses you please share it with someone you love really helps us get the word out and grow what we're trying to build here thank you so much let's get into the show Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kingdom City. I am Ross Harris, joined by a very special guest that I have been dying to interview. He is a the head of business development at Cross Politics Studios and is also the host of the Cross Politics Daily News Brief. He has always been passionate about sports since he was little, culminating in playing football and basketball from first grade into college, where he played football at Lewis Clark State College. He has also followed in the footsteps of his father by coaching basketball since 2013 in various levels. He is a member of Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho, and is praying for a day when Christians take sports back for the glory of God. And he is my brother in Christ and my future very good friend, I know, Garrison Hardy. Garrison, welcome to the show.
1: Ross said, It's good to finally meet you, and thanks so much for having me on.
0: It is my pleasure entirely, Garrison. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You obviously are a guy who cares so much about sports because any a lot of people play sports. Very few people get involved in the coaching level and the developmental level of sports. So what? Where did this passion come from? Where did this desire come from?
1: Well, I got to thank my dad on that one. I mean, uh, uh, growing up, I remember uh, this goes back all the way to when I was probably just a little four or five year old, where he was coaching at a high school, uh, Elma High School in Western Washington. A small town about 80 miles south of Olympia, Washington, where I was born. And uh, he I mean, he was coaching a a pretty solid 4 a team that was consistently competing for state titles, um, sent numerous players to the collegiate level. And just being around those practices as a kid, um, I think from an early level is what started kind of my love of the game of basketball. And then um, my dad was also a big time Chicago Bulls fan with Michael Jordan. I think everybody at in one way or another. That's that's right. <laughs> Everyone at one point or another was a Bulls fan when it came to Jordan. I mean, even if you weren't a Bulls fan, you had to respect Jordan. I grew up. Um, I grew it, up
0: in Chicago in the nineties. When the Bulls were on okay. their run. My first sports memory, Garrison, is John Paxson in 1993 hitting the game winner against
1: Phoenix to win the <laughs> thought, title. Okay. That's my
0: first memory of sports.
1: Well, there you go. I was born in '93, so I don't quite remember that one. But, <laughs> but um, I, as uh, time went on, you know, I, I remember uh, I would take—I uh, had terrible allergies as a kid. Mm. So I would take these shots of Benadryl, yeah. and my dad would always say, "To the bulls," and we would take the <laughs> shot. <laughs> so, um, I would—I would say, uh, as far as coaching goes, seeing my dad coach for the last twenty-plus years now, you know, he coached high school girls mostly, but he, he coached me in high school as well. Um, so seeing him and his passion for the game and his passion for helping players get better and understand his system, um, I think that kind of just rubbed off on me to the point now where I'm coaching here at Logos High School here with uh, my boss, Gabe Wrench, actually. Wonderful. The water boy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've coached at various levels since then. And seeing that click, uh, just seeing the... Uh, Parts of the game click for the youngsters it is really a cool thing to see
0: that absolutely what what grade level do you coach at Logos
1: uh so I'm the JV head coach but I'm also the varsity assistant um Excellent. so uh, basically anywhere up from eighth ninth uh, and up
0: gotcha I I coached
1: soccer from it was
0: I covered fifth through eighth grade and Harrisonville Missouri over here near Kansas City and that was, I found that that was like my sweet spot um, when I was sure. doing it. That age range was so fun because they're, they're just past the level where they're playing amoeba soccer, where mm, everyone right. follows it all around. And, but, <laughs> and now they're starting to get to the point where you can actually start to teach them different formations and different strategy. And that, that aspect of the game is so fun. Um, and Absolutely. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to t- coaching at, uh, the uh, Blue Ridge Christian school where we, um, the, the school, where my wife teaches at and my kids go to. So I'll be coaching the high school there starting this fall. I'm so looking forward to that.
1: Fantastic.
0: So I want to talk about how did you come to faith in Christ? Was it where you, did you grow up in a family of faith or was it something where you, um, God saved you providentially, even out of a family that wasn't faithful or what, what's the story behind that?
1: yeah so i i definitely did grow up in a christian household uh my dad in fact it, he got out of uh his job at elma because he's kind of saw i think the writing on the wall when it came to public education right. um and he did not want my brother and i to grow up in public school so mm-hmm. he took a job as a, a, a christian school administrator down in uh, a town called atascadero california and uh, got us in christian school and um and then fast forward after that, he got us into classical at Christian education. Um, you know, he, we were big disciples of Doug Wilson and the, the uh, content he was exporting out of Moscow. And we, uh, he wanted us to have a part of that. So he, his my primary role going forward was being a classical Christian school administrator at numerous schools across the country. Um, well, so amen. wherever that job was, we went, you know, whether that was, um, uh, Bartlesville Oklahoma whether it was Charlotte North Carolina we went and um, I'm very thankful that I was brought up in in such fashion and uh, but I would say uh, um, it, so yeah it, I would say I wasn't really you know I, I was baptized and whatnot mm-hmm. so I was a part of the family but I was very lukewarm yeah. I would say for much of my high school life especially mm-hmm. um, and it it took Kind of uh, some tumultuous waters down the road to really shake me to my core. Realize yeah, I need I need to pursue the Lord, uh, my God, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And He brought me to my knees, essentially saying, "All right, that's enough of that." Yeah. Uh, and as Doug always says, "You may as well come quietly when that happens." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, I I resonate with that a lot. I was thank God I was I, my parents were strong believers strong people of the Lord and they dragged me often kicking and screaming to church faithfully every mm-hmm. single Sunday yeah. um, because they trusted that the God who is faithful, that um, if they would instruct me in the way I would go when I was old, I would not depart from it. And it took, it took 22 years, but God came and got me thankfully, mercifully, and uh, made, made me his own. And I have been so grateful for that ever since. Amen. So I, we talked about in the intro that you went to Lewis State, i oh, sorry, Lewis Clark State
1: College. First of all, mm-hmm. where is that? Uh, it's in a little town about 40 miles away from where I currently live in Moscow, hmm. um, called Lewiston, Idaho. So, and uh, across the river is a town called Clarkston, Washington. Gotcha. So, Lewis Clark State College, right, right on um, the divide, yeah, kind of the combo there. Um, it's uh, nestled right along the Snake River here in Idaho, and. Uh, about 40,000 40, people live in that town, and so it's predominantly a baseball school. Uh, they host the NAI World Series there oh, cool. uh, every year. Um, so I've gotten to commentate on a couple of those, and that's fantastic. Um, but but yeah, it was it's a good little school, not too woke, which is a plus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, yes. all in all, good good experience.
0: Fantastic. We mentioned that you played football and basketball from a very young age. One, which of those did you enjoy more? <laughs> And where, what did you, wh- which one brought you most success personally?
1: I would probably say I enjoyed basketball more. Is that because of your dad's influence? It, that certainly played a part, but I would also just say that the game is, uh, the practices themselves were not so monotonous mm. and a, a lot more free flowing, uh, a lot more action. Whereas with football, you know, you've got, uh, 11 guys on the field and everybody has to play a part you've got you have to have the offensive line blocking and various uh, uh, push you know you got a pulling guard moving to one side of the play that if he doesn't do it right. Uh, then uh, the play is blown up you you have to have the center take up his slack the wide receivers have to run the correct routes or block the right guy mm-hmm. the quarterback has to know what reads uh to make when it comes to the defense there's just a lot more moving parts when it comes to football and as a result the practices are a lot slower and more monotonous when it comes to putting plays in right so i i just didn't it, now when you got out on the field in football it was great you know it, mm-hmm. in the games it had a blast but basketball as a whole, I would say I enjoyed more, uh, as far as what brought me more success, I, I would have to say football just because, um, I, you know, getting to play it at the collegiate level, mm-hmm. God just so happened to make me six foot three and have good hands. Um, so the quarterback could oftentimes throw it up to me and I would go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I was blessed mm-hmm. with the opportunity to play it at a higher level.
0: Yeah. I, I play, I'm about, I'm about six foot five according to the doctor. And I weigh about almost 200 now. Um, So I was usually, when we did play football, it wasn't like, I was not on a team, but we always played tight end in our intramural games. And uh, that was always, (laughs) I was always a good quarterback outlet. So so, um, what were some of the life skills? What would you say were the greatest benefits you received as not just as a young man playing sports, but what you learned getting into the more um, organizationally competitive side of sports.
1: Oh, I always say this, that sports is a great microcosm of life in general. You know, you've got a lot of people, uh, of different backgrounds, different creeds, different likes, dislikes, whatever, coming together for a common goal and attempting to achieve that together. Um, there's, a, there's highs and lows in that when you win, everything's great. And it, it just it, a whole lot of fun, but then when you're on the losing side of things, uh, you really learn a lot more about yourself through those instances where you know where, where you're. I'm sure you've experienced this in sports where you just get dominated by the opponent, mm-hmm. and it, it's just a miserable experience. Uh, you have to go through injuries, you have to go through squabbles um, with your teammates or coaches, um, all in the pursuit of victory in this particular sport, and um it also teaches discipline it also teaches uh, you know the even the bible talks about how athletes uh are disciplined for their craft and working towards their craft so we should be with the word um beating their so, bodies
0: into submission as a tool
1: exactly right so uh, all of that kind of culminates i think into a microcosm for life and um i you just learn a lot about yourself, and I think it translates into work, into the work, um, into your work career. In that you're going into a, a corp. Well, nowadays I hope you're not going into a corporation, but <laughs> you're going into a business where you're going to be working together with others all for a common goal. And um, so I think those who play team sports are much better prepared for life than those who uh, haven't had that chance.
0: Yeah. And I was re- remembering something that um, Nate Wilson said a few weeks ago on his uh, Stories are Soul Food podcast. Um, when you can tell when they're uh, especially I, at least in my experience, I always saw this at the, our college alumni games. When I went, would go back and play either as a student, I would go and play against the alumni from before or now as an alum playing against the current crop of students. And you can see which dads or you can see which players and which alumni, they did not get some um, tested by certain uh, by certain stresses and certain tests when they were kids when they were young they were not given the proper weight to handle stressful situations or to handle trying situations when people are just digging into you and turning that screw on you and trying to frustrate you and then they have no no capacity to handle the difficulties of life and they just lash out in uncontrolled anger
1: right right and and that's it. that's exactly it with with football especially it's about control almost controlled Rage mm-hmm. in that you're looking at the guy lining up across from you. you. You mentioned you played tight end, I played tight end, and you're going up against defensive ends who are sometimes bigger than you or uh, defensive tackles. And you got to think it's either you or me, buddy. Right. And you've got to come off that line and, and hit that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, we're fortunate to be going into these rough situations in a game setting. Right. But it, ha- be, having the chance to go through that or even just getting yelled at by a coach, you know. For, for not picking up your assignment or letting your teammates down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, going through that is such excellent preparation for the storms that await uh, these youngsters when they get out of high school or college and into uh, you know leading a family yeah. whatnot. So especially for young men, I would say, but also there's benefits for women too in that yes. uh, the storms are coming for both sides.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think about the time when my son, when he was learning how to ride a bike and he just wasn't getting it i was we were very patient we were working with him walking with him and then finally there are those moments when you just had to be like look i can't do this for you you have Mm -hmm. to figure out how to ride the bike and that's right finally kind of like when there's a another man on the end when you're going against that defensive end and you have to block this guy or the entire play will fail you have to win your matchup or you have to be faithful and go to work today. And right. you, you, and you don't have a choice. You cannot say no to this. Mm-hmm. And all of these are just adding the two and a half pound five pound weights every single day to our kids that they need to do to, to get the job done later in life, when they've leave, when they've left and they've cl- cleaved to their wives, cleaved to their spouses. Right. So um, With that in mind, let's transition to talking about teams you follow. What kind of, what leagues do you follow? What teams do you follow? I'm a soccer guy. You can see my Liverpool flag in the background and I'm a huge Kansas city sportsman. even though I grew up in Chicago, I made my dad was from kind of nowhere. He was from everywhere and nowhere. His dad was Mm -hmm. an itinerant pastor and just traveled around a lot. So he never really had a place that he truly called home. So me growing up, I was always brought up with the, wherever you live, that's the teams you cheer for. So as a Kansas city transplant, now I am. Now we're we've been pro Kansas City stuff ever since we moved here in 2010 from Chicago. So, what, how about you, Garrison? Tell us about yourself,
1: absolutely. So, so, right off the bat, my dad graduated from uh Washington State University, which is eight miles away from here over in Moscow. And uh, so uh, we've always supported uh, the Washington State Cougars, yeah, uh, go Cougs, and uh, for better or for worse, right? You know, uh, I, I, rem- I remember. In the uh, late 2000s, WSU went through just an abysmal uh, record with football. Yeah. Uh, basketball was great. That's when Clay Thompson was starting to make his appearance. Right. Um, you know, and uh, Tony Bennett, um, but it's unfortunate he went to Virginia. But uh, it some great basketball days, but football, I remember staying up till 1 a.m. over in North Carolina, <laughs> and we're just getting clobbered uh, 40 to 14 or something like that. Oh. We're winless and we would still stay up and watch uh so just uh you know obviously you remember some of the games but Mm -hmm. for me the the best part was just being with my dad in those moments so washington state uh still root for him today even though all colleges are going woke at this point um and then as with regards to the more the professional side of things i'm i've always been a san antonio spurs fan and Again, woke side of things. Popovich is one of the worst nowadays. Right, but you grew um, up in the Tim Duncan era. You grew up in the the Monte in, Ginobili era. Exactly. Well, the first thing that made me become a fan of the Spurs was I asked my dad. I, I always I, I had this obsession with asking my dad, "Is he a Christian? Is he a Christian?" And one of them was David Robinson. Yes, the Admiral. Yep. And uh, my dad said, "Yep, he's the one, he's a Christian." And so I started kind of keeping an eye on the Spurs from then. I was drawn to their neon teal, and pink colors as well as a kid. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, and then Tim Duncan, Sean Elliott, Avery Johnson, uh, uh, Vinny Del Negro. Uh, all I remember all of those guys. And then wow. it just so happened we brought in Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. And it pop- I, the thing I loved about the Spurs is they played actual team basketball. Uh-huh. The way they pass and cut, the way they set screens for one another, they work. hard hard on defense they may not have had the overwhelming star power that you see from some of the other teams Mm -hmm. even though duncan obviously one of the top top players of all time they they just played basketball the way it was supposed to be played Mm -hmm. Uh, so san antonio spurs bar none that i still that 2014 nba final where they just Crushed the heat. Yeah. And uh, a big three. They came back from losing heartbreaking fashion in 2013 to just dominate the next year. Yeah. Still one of my best memories.
0: That Ray Allen um, shot in game six must have been absolutely uh,
1: soul crushing. They're literally wheeling the champagne into the Spurs <laughs> locker room and he hits that heat. Fans who had been leaving, right, anticipating a Spurs win, were trying to get back into the arena. <laughs> I was. I, I'm posting on social media like, oh, we're, here comes our fifth ring, let's go! <laughs> and then he hits that, and you know they still came back and played a great se- game seven. But LeBron, you know, I I'm a LeBron critic, and mm-hmm. I couldn't deny him in that game. He right. he carried it. Yeah. Uh, so there's my dish on the Spurs. Yeah. But speaking of the Spurs. I found out that there was a Spurs in England. Yes, and uh, I had never really watched soccer all that much. It, you know, as a football guy over here in America, yeah, think oh, a bunch of field fairies. Yeah. They just get hurt and they roll around on the ground. I still hate that.
0: The amount of times I have been called that, by the way, as a guy, <laughs> as a as a third generation <laughs> soccer player, yeah, <laughs> yeah. overwhelming.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Well, but when I was in high school, we had this mini rivalry with the soccer guys. You know, over on the, they would come jogging around our field and say a few words, and so we had to throw out the field fairy. card it, it's yeah. just what you do. Yeah. Um, but I, I discovered Tottenham, and it just so happened that I really grew to like Harry Kane, uh, Hyung Min Son. How can you not like that guy? Son just, is amazing. Uh,
0: he's
1: he's incredible. Sonaldo. Uh, the, back at this point, we had uh, Deli Alley playing at this yeah. peak. We had Christian Eriksen. Right. Uh, Hugo Lloris was still playing well. Uh, Toby Alderweireld yeah. and uh, Jan Vertonghen yeah. were those anchors in the middle.
0: And you still had Kyle Walker back then
1: too. Oh yeah, back uh, back before it all started to uh, crumble at, at left <laughs> and right back. Dan, Danny Rose was still also a pretty solid player yeah. too. Yeah. Um So and then Moussa Dembele uh, mm-hmm. once he left we lost that creativity in the middle for sure yeah uh so it, it, seeing uh that lucas mora goal uh the the, the hat trick against Ajax, yes. that push us to the final to ultimately lose to liverpool uh i still don't understand how we took mora out of the lineup but um yeah, doesn't so make those
0: deci- those good decisions for you guys <laughs> that's why he's out of a job I, I
1: was i was not a fan of that one no. that's for sure yeah um So, anyways, just watching Stalker, and yes, I'm still not a fan of the the guys who roll around as though Mm -hmm. they've been hit by a tank. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. Just watching, right? That's a sport I wish I played now. Mm -hmm. uh, Looking back, Uh, just watching the strategy that goes into the game, just the pure elation and eruption of emotion when a goal goes in, uh, the the intensity, uh, it all coming down to the wire and the in extra time, Mm -hmm. um, how. How can you not find an interest right. in that? I mean, so,
0: the, uh, the famous Champions League uh, series that Tottenham had against Manchester City, where they were at the, like, the 94th mm-hmm. minute spared by a goal line review, basically, That's on the right. working Like if, if, if people watch that and walk away from that and say they can't stand soccer, I don't know what to tell you, because that was electrifying.
1: Right. Absolutely, yeah. And so it, add Tottenham to the list now. And then lastly, you know, I, I don't follow the NFL quite as much. Mm. I'm, I'm much more, more of a college football yeah. guy, but I still pull for the Seahawks just because it so happens that they're close. Right.
0: Um,
1: and, it, you know, we came out of that Russell Wilson trade looking brilliant. I'll say that. <laughs> yes. um, I still don't know why we uh, didn't hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> go for back-to-back Super Bowls. But um, that, that Legion of Boom era was something to behold and, you you know, so the NFL um,
0: scripted Garrison. That's why they didn't give it to Marshawn Lynch.
1: Yeah, that's right. We <laughs> they got to give it to Brady. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so it, that kind of rounds out my fandom. I would say
0: that's wonderful. We, um, my son, my son was born in 2013 here, and he has only known Chiefs and has only become cognizant of Chiefs football in the Patrick Mahomes era basically
1: not a bad era not a bad era at <laughs> all it's so like
0: it, it, it's fun seeing because like i grew up in the jordan era and thinking we will never lose a basketball game as long as i live and then he's growing up in the patrick mahomes era thinking like we will never lose a football game as long as i live right <laughs> and, it's
1: shocking when a team comes away with a win at arrowhead right. or when it, when going into that super bowl against philadelphia I mean, I as good as Philly had looked all season. I just thought, well, it's still Mahomes. Right. I mean, uh, they're they're gonna find a way. And Andy Reid, what a guy! I I I love him as a coach. Yeah. And uh, to see him with this success at Kansas City, fantastic. Yeah. Like, hey, are,
0: is Mahomes there? Yes. Is Andy Reid there? Yes. Is Travis Kelsey there? Yes. I think we're gonna be fine.
1: Good game. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I want to, we need to move on. Move to something that is, I think, a little bit more why we're at, we do what we do as a podcast and I think why you do what you do at Cross Politic, And I want to talk about the stuff going on with the Los Angeles Dodgers, Garrison. Um, right. you, haven't, you didn't really go into baseball as one of the t- sports that you follow. It's not one that I follow explicitly either, but I think we follow sure. m- morality in our sports. At length, and so that's why we need to talk about this. Um, we saw Babylon be putting out something saying like they had uh, summoned Satan to throw out the first pitch at one of their home <laughs> games, <laughs> and so they have this issue going on. And we covered it in our last podcast episode, where they're having the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence there and going to be honoring this this irreverent transgender group coming up. And so why, why should Christians care about this? Like, it's just sports. This isn't the church. This isn't gospel issue. Why, why should Christians care about this? Why should we, why should Christian, how, and how do we fix something like this?
1: Right. Well, I would go all the way back to, you know, that the tidbit at the, towards the beginning, you know, everything we do, uh, could be to the glory of God. Yeah. And that includes sports. Mm-hmm. And I think God gifted us sports as a a way to enjoy things i I think a lot of times and i sometimes struggle with this myself you know we just see god as this kind of grumpy you know figure up in heaven who you know it don't oh you better not sin don't sin so we're kind of walking around on eggshells right almost like the sword of
0: damocles just hanging over our head like if you mess up i'm ready to slice you
1: in half don't do it exactly 100 percent and in reality, God likes us. Right. He it, He takes joy in His creation, and so that's why He wants to gift us with things. Mm-hmm. I would say He enjoys hearing our prayer requests as well. So, I mean, He could have made the earth into this just a, a boring blob of a world with nothing to it. Yet we're we're gifted with these beautiful vistas, and sometimes even up here in Moscow, Idaho, I'm just amazed by how beautiful the surrounding scenery is. You right. have the Moscow mountains in the background, the rolling hills of wheat. Mm-hmm. So to sports, again, it, there's just it, some of my best memories that come from sports. Mm-hmm. Some of my, the most fun I've had come from sports, from those bus rides on games, uh, at, from away games. Right. So with my teammates, with the coaches. Um, or those 15 got,
0: minutes after you win a match and you're walking off the
1: field with your teammates. Yes. You're going to state, yes. you know, uh, qualifying for state. Those those moments I will never forget, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to pass on to my kids. Yeah. So when when people say why should we care about sports? Well, God gifted it to us. Yes. And we should do everything we do to the glory of God. And so when I and I'm post mill, so we need to take over right. uh, sports again right. at some point, and we're going to at some point. I don't know how and or what capacity, but. Uh, we we need to. That's why I what I would say to somebody who asks, you know, why should we care about sports? That's why, because yeah, I mean, God gifted it to us.
0: And to capitalize on that or piggyback on that, I, I've seen so many people say things like, "God doesn't care about your kids' three point average. He doesn't care about their how many how many yards per carry they have or what their batting average is." And like as far as like a, a soteriological sense or a salvific sense, like, no, he doesn't. But is that not to his glory? Is not breaking Ted right. Williams' hitting record? is that? Would that be something if a Christian did that to God's glory? Wouldn't God take, take pleasure in that? If a player hits a game-winning three for his team to win state and does it for his glory, how can God not take pleasure in that? And how can he not care about things like that?
1: absolutely and and to piggyback off of that the one thing my pastor doug wilson always says is if it's big enough to concern you it's big enough to concern him Mm. so if when it uh, even when it comes to i pray for a parking spot when i'm going to church on sundays lord i pray that i find something that's close to the church and you know i get there on time amen right and uh, some people will hear that and think are you come on now (laughs) don't 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 bother him with that right (laughs) but but he, he wants us to come to him right. with his requests and takes delight in hearing our requests. So, you know, when it comes, I would always pray, I would always pray when it came to sports. You know, I, Lord, I'm about to go out onto this field. Mm-hmm. Please protect me from injury. And I pray that we win and play to your glo- glory. Amen. Yeah. I, I
0: I joke that we, have, um, we go bowling often as a family. And my daughter, she is six. I think often she puts me to shame with how, not only, she, how, not only how transcendent she knows that God is, but how imminent he is, because she'll roll the ball down the lane and start praying for a strike as soon as the ball <laughs> leaves her hand. And I'm like, man, my kid, she's embarrassing me with how faithful she is in these That's things. That's
1: right. <laughs> that, absolutely.
0: So we, we talk about with the Dodgers, like these things don't just happen in a vacuum. People don't just come up with bad ideas out of nowhere. Um, ideas have consequences. I think it was Thomas Carlyle who said that. How do we start ingraining into our kids that, how how do we change the narrative on the importance of doing well in sports and treating sports as a almost, I don't want to say a necessary education, but a vital part of our education as young people. Does it start with as is? Is, it, is coaching the answer? Does it start at a grassroots level? Do we start in the prof, at the professional level? What is what does that look like
1: in your mind? You know, this uh, my take on that. It, it's it might not be the sexy answer where you know. I, let's look at politics. People want to say, oh, we need to just get the right president in, and uh, everything will be fixed. Right. You know, it, it'll definitely make things better. Uh, when I look at Trump's uh, administration versus the current administration. I think man I, I wish we had Trump for these right. last 4 years. Right. But that's that's not the root of the problem I don't think. So it, I i take the same approach when it comes to sports. It, we we need to start at a local level. Mm-hmm. And that the same with politics, same with uh um, same with sports. Yeah. So that should that should be in the smallest church on earth, the family. Mm-hmm. So as a dad, that's where you would come in with your kids yeah. and again uh, uh, teach those same principles that we've been talking about thus far in mm-hmm. that, uh, Hey, everything we do is to the glory of God. And that includes this game that mm-hmm. you're about to go out and mm-hmm. play. Go do it for him, yes. not for your glory, not for, not for the accolades that come with it. Go do it for him. And I think at, if we have strong Christian families across this country, preaching that to their kids and teaching that to them, I think that's just going to start at a grassroots level and then slowly but surely bubble up being faithful over what the lord has given you as a task currently in front of you and then executing that to excellence and mm. i think you know mm. so just starting at your school and then other teams see your school behaving that way and thinking huh uh, i like what they've got mm. and maybe that maybe that translates over to them Amen. so we can be evangelizing through sports absolutely absolutely
0: um we they they come they'll if unbelievers want to be part of the sports that we are building, because we're going to build something Christian, they they will come for, our, we have what they want, but we will give them what they need ultimately.
1: Right, right. And uh, so seeing the stuff with the sisters of perpetual indulgence, I see that in, uh, you know, looking at the education system with public school attendance dropping like a hammer uh, and a lot more people homeschooling more than ever before Oh, and we keep having these town hall meetings where parents are angry at the public schools. Right. I'm at the I'm of the opinion. Just let them. Yeah. They're destroying themselves. It's not not sustainable. Get out of the way. Yeah. The trust that God is God is moving uh-huh. in the education system. Yeah. And so when we see this stuff like the, with the sisters, the perpetual indulgence. Yeah. It's disgusting. And you don't want to see that at the mainstream level. And I'm proud of. Uh, I think you posted about it, one of the pitchers for the Dodgers coming out with a strong statement yeah. against this just gross act that yeah. the Dodgers are allowing in. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also of the opinion of no, let them. Yeah. Major League Baseball is. They have. They are compromised like crazy, mm-hmm. and they don't know their audience. Mm-hmm. And the audience is going to start looking for alternative ways to get that entertainment. And and we can talk about the rule changes of baseball on top of that, (laughs) but but God is going to give them over to their madness. Get out of the way and let it happen. Yeah,
0: yeah. Whatever the future is, we know it's not that, and it's not sustainable. That's right. Moving on. So we we covered this kind of a little, but I've had this happen to me in my own church, and I wanted to ask you um, just your a, a brief answer to this question. So. What's the biblical reason that I should give a rip about sports? What would you say to that person?
1: Yeah, again, I would just go back to doing everything for the glory and honoring of God. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, God talks about how we're supposed to honor our bodies as though they're temples. Mm -hmm. These bodies aren't ours. And sports, what an excellent way to do that. And You have to be in some sort of shape in order yeah. to uh perform at any athletic event uh, well uh, but we can yeah we can talk about that uh, <laughs> with regards to other sports but um but like football and basketball specifically that's hard work mm-hmm. and it takes discipline and it takes uh mental toughness and to to do that at a high level uh, all to the glory of god i think that's that's an absolute fantastic way to worship our creator And obviously, you have to keep in mind who you're doing it for and why you're doing it. Um, And that's something you need to remind your kids about and whatnot. Because, you know, I think one danger to sports is you can idolize yourself. Yes. And you idolize the success that you've had. And um, I, I, in high school, 100%. here's kind of a a side story on that Mm -hmm. i broke i broke my neck my senior year of high school playing football oh my gosh um i lowered my head going into a tackle Mm -hmm. and next thing i know i can't feel anything for it was only 30 to 60 seconds something somewhere in there it it felt like tv fuzz if i can if i can paint a picture of it and i just before that i was thinking I'm, i'm i'm all that i'm the big man on campus i play football I've got, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to the next level and play. This is great. And I take that hit and yeah. suddenly I'm thinking, am I going to walk again? Right. And God, uh, I I started praying like crazy. Oh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm I'm a mess. I'm crying. At Coach starts saying, can you feel my hand? I'm saying, no. And hmm. uh, then, then the Lord, you know, uh, apparently what had happened is uh, one of my vertebrae, my C7 had clamped down on a nerve ending which had sent everything haywire. Yeah. And, but then it opened, God opened it back up. Wow. And I didn't even need surgery. Oh my god, And I missed the rest of the football season. Yeah. And it, you know, that obviously took, took out a lot of steam when it came to trying to play at the next level. Right. But, um, I got to play basketball that same very season. Wow. So even in God trying to get my attention and saying, you're idolizing yourself. I need to take this away. He did it in such a merciful fashion. So, um uh, kind of going back to your original question, uh, I think God teaches a very important lesson through sports, through getting beaten up, through going through tough losses, mm-hmm. through the through the victories that He grants you and to take that away from a kid or just even at the professional level, just seeing uh, just uh, enjoying a, a recreational activity with friends and family. Sports is something that is a uniter. For yes. the most part. It hasn't been it hasn't <laughs> been as much lately. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, but it's something where you walk into a stadium of, you know, fifty thousand people, you don't know what the guy behind you believes. You have no idea. All you know is you're wearing the same jersey. And yeah. when the when your team scores, you're turning around. I'm getting high fives from people I've never met. Right. And we're just celebrating together. And then, um, you know, uh, talking about it, debating about it uh-huh. the week, the, the next day, um, it, that's something God has gifted to us for our joy. And uh, he, he delights in seeing us enjoy these things. Right. So that's what I would tell a person yeah. who, who said, uh, why, why should I care about sports?
0: Right. And one of the big things I think, especially for young men to learn is delayed gratification and you can't just have you can't just have success or what you want immediately cuz i i've playing golf and tennis like those are two of the worst sports to be bad at because every it's <laughs> it's just when you are awful at them just it look it's absolute uh nightmare to play them Absolutely. and the amount of work you need to put in and at least in in my sport that i played like for many years soccer to send a perfectly straight pass diagonal through the air 45 yards 60 yards that doesn't happen overnight it takes getting yeah. out on the field and kicking 500 balls every single day with both feet getting it to go with no curve straight as an arrow through the air and you and to be able to do it on a whim like if you are addicted to instant gratification which will come in handy as an adult when you are a married man, when you are needing to be faithful to one person, being faithful in his Those, Those are the parts where that is pivotal. And if they, they right. don't get that instruction as a young person, it, it's not going to come later.
1: Absolutely. And um, it, that's for me a, a, another thing at not giving up, like you said, you know, a determination, sticking to something. Mm-hmm. When yeah. uh, you go through those, de- I'll use myself as an example again. I was into uh, I, I was into the idea of maybe being a kicker mm. when I went to the collegiate level. You know, I was I was kicking. Uh, I had gotten up to the point where I could pretty confidently hit a forty-five yard field goal. Wow! And nice. I I thought, hey, uh, this is something me uh, somebody who's not necessarily athletically gifted like some of these guys you see in the NFL or mm. the NBA. Yeah, this, this looks like a good path to maybe going to college, getting a scholarship. Who knows? then all it took was me going to a kicking camp where i was with other prospects yeah and they just tore apart my form and everything that i thought i knew yeah. about kicking yeah. they just just destroyed it which yeah. looking back i wish i had stuck to it cuz that's what needed to happen for me to go on and have success mm-hmm. but you know that camp just destroyed my morale and i thought nope i'm done with kicking I'm gonna, I'm gonna go focus elsewhere so if but think about what lessons i could have learned if i had stuck to it and pushed through that disappointment yeah. and it, you just see biblical references to this all over the place i mean uh you see it, you know they say rome wasn't built in a day well nehemiah rebuilding the wall of jerusalem yes that that took time that mm-hmm. took agony that enemies were coming and mocking them right. to their face and trying to plan up destruction for it again um it, it, you look at king david running from saul yes uh, for his hiding in caves this is a guy who defeated goliath not that long ago he was the talk of the town right he was in charge of soldiers and now he's just hiding in caves eating bugs, yeah. you know? So to go through those peaks and valleys, again, I uh, liken that to sports mm-hmm. and being able to push through that is going to have a major benefit down the road.
0: Right, and and then um, just as a defense of or as apologetic of Christianity, when we talk about things that we can only know on a basic level because of Christ, like by what standard is the question we always look at when we ask these things, we can't hope to understand Victory. We can have a flawed view of victory apart from Christianity. We can have a flawed view of victory apart from the Bible, but we'll never truly understand what victory is until we put it through the lens of a king who is unbeaten, victorious, and ever glorious. And we, we won't right. know how to defeat a tangible enemy until we know how he defeated a tangible enemy and did it absolutely.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: So moving on to a, f- our final topic here, uh, one that I think you will care a lot about, Garrison. Tell us about the NBA Finals. Who's going to win, and uh, how is this all going to go down?
1: You know, uh, going into this NBA playoffs, uh, my my money was on uh, it, it. I was thinking it was going to come down to the Nuggets and the Celtics. That was mm. my pick. Gotcha. And then watching the Eastern Conference Finals, I was thinking, "Whoa, I, <laughs> I was way off." <laughs> but then the Celtics almost come back and make history. Yeah. Uh, so it maybe not look as bad. But, you were
0: closer uh, than I was. I was all on the Bucks and Giannis
1: getting to the finals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, gosh, that the Heat just have that chip on their shoulder, mm-hmm. um, and, and it, their run has been truly remarkable and uh Coach bolster is a guy i actually respect oh yeah uh just the way he does things uh again climbing the ranks from being a a film you know a scout yeah. to now he's the head coach in, right. in multi-nba championships but uh, back to the original question um i i personally think the uh, the nuggets got this in five yeah um just seeing the way Nikola jokic can command the, the floor with his not only his scoring ability but his passing ability, making teammates better, Jamal Murray—he I mean, and Jamal Murray made history last yeah. night. Uh, yeah, both of them having triple doubles, both Gar- of them having over thirty points. That team is uh, so
0: good, Garrison. How do they? How does any team beat them? Like they are so good.
1: Uh, they remind me of the Spurs. Yeah, uh, Ross. Uh, just the way they're—they all work together. Um, and yeah, you've got your stars and uh, Jokic and uh, Murray, but. They make the rest of their team better. They had to start doubling Murray last night in right. on, on numerous instances, and he was able to dish it and find the, the right pass. And everybody fills their role correctly. Yeah. Uh, uh, Christian Brown yeah, last Kansas night guy. coming off the bench, yeah. seven of eight shooting, 15 points. And then that steal uh, and,
0: with that momentum-changing dunk he threw down in the third quarter, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. And that third quarter was really what triggered that run for me i mean you had an 8-0 run by the nuggets and then you had a uh, i believe it was a 13-5 to run as well yeah and jamal murray he the, by the way i i can't say enough about murray's defense so mm-hmm. that's one thing that bugs me about stars these days is they play one side of the court and then they don't play the other jamal murray last night when he was guarding guys in the third quarter they were one of six mm-hmm. in total and he put in eleven points in the third quarter. Right. So he did it both ends, and they work hard on defense, and that's why I think the Nuggets are going to come away with a four to one series win.
0: Yeah, I as soon as um, when Miami law, won in Denver, which I didn't think Denver was going to lose at home this entire series, right. when, but when they when Miami did win, and then Coach Mike Malone pol- like publicly criticized his team's effort in the NBA Finals, I was like. So this is a coach who is not going to hesitate to call out his superstars when they did not right. put in the required standard of effort on this team. I, I, I told my my co-host, Gideon, I said, this team is going to be just fine. I am not worried right. <laughs> about the Nuggets at, at all.
1: Exactly. It, again, reminds me of Popovich yeah. a little bit. Um, just if, When your coach has that freedom and ability to come out and just rip into your team and you know they're going to come back and... Go back to work, that's when you know that you've you've got a special group. And when he, when you got a humble guy like Jokic and Murray who are willing to take that criticism, it just makes the coach's job 10 times easier. And um, yeah, like you said, they're going to be fine. Um, I I believe, I believe you asked me about the NHL. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. I was going to get to that. Are you a hockey
0: guy? You being from the Washington area?
1: So I used to not be, but. Seeing how the NHL it has a much more conservative player base, I would say baseball too, by and large. Mm -hmm. But uh, how the players—numerous cases all over the NHL of players—I've covered this on my news brief. They're just saying, "No, I'm not partaking in Pride Night. I'm not doing it." Yeah, and
0: I couldn't believe the Blackhawks as a whole, as an organization, canceled the night completely. Especially Chicago, being from there, I'm just—I could not believe they canceled that.
1: Oh yeah, uh, with with good old Lightfoot in town. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, so uh, that has given me some hope, I would say, when it comes to, to hockey, um, being that they they've got some pushback there and they've got some cojones. Yeah. And even even some of the coaches respecting their decision. Uh, um, I I don't remember the coach's name. He used to be a longtime coach of the uh, New York Rangers.
0: Uh, Tortorella. Um,
1: Tortorella. I yeah. love his press conference. Yes. By the way. Yeah. Um, he. He said, you know, I, I back my player. Right. He, he didn't say, well, he needs to go through some classes and he, he needs to think about, you know, who he's might be affecting. And we, we just want to be super inclusive. Hockey's for everybody. Right. Um. He didn't come out with that. He he, he doesn't strike me as that kind of a BS guy. Oh, he's so, not. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so so I, that being said, I've started getting into hockey a little bit more. And um, holy cow, the, the Golden Knights dude they're good uh, being it a, being a team that uh, didn't exist up from five years ago right you know and now here they are being in numerous stanley cup finals mm-hmm. um i they've come out strong with this 2-0 series start yeah but with hockey what i've noticed is a series can just change just like that i used to follow the san jose sharks a little bit oh yeah and they were so good at at dropping three0 leads yeah, that and blowing it <laughs> the famous um
0: the famous 2014 series against the LA Kings when the Kings won the Stanley Cup that year
1: exactly yeah. being up three0 yeah. and dropping it and that so, team man that's
0: not as you had Joe Pavelski, you had john Thor- Joe Thornton you had uh, uh Patrick Marlowe you had all those guys on that team
1: right right it, by the way, I, I really don't know many of the players of this series. Uh, my last knowledge of really focusing on hockey players goes back to when my brother and I played a video game. I think it was NHL 99. Yes. You had guys like Mike Madano from the, <laughs> the the Stars. You had Eric Lindros. Yeah. You know, as, and he in the video game, he just had this crazy hit power. Oh, yeah. Know, where he would send guys flying.
0: That dude was so, massive.
1: Uh, that's one thing I don't think... People understand about hockey players is on their skates they're they're some guys that are over seven feet oh i know they're, they're huge yeah and they're flying around the ice at 20 miles per hour um <laughs> and as a broadcaster uh, i love listening to playoff hockey commentary mm-hmm. uh, i think um marv albert's son yeah Ken. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, he's doing the uh, Stanley Cups and listening to his commentary where he has to keep up to the action on the ice. Yeah, he's fantastic. It's really impressive. He's yeah. fantastic yeah, at it. Uh, but, but back to the series, um, I, I, the Panthers, they have a history of being a good team and being a playoff gritty team. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I fully don't believe that this series is over. It's right. 2-0 right now in favor of the Knights. But I think the Panthers could very well come back and knock the series up at 2-2. Mm-hmm.
0: It all depends on how well uh, Bobrovsky plays because he's one of those super streaky goaltenders where he's either white hot or ice cold. And if, the, if, right. Ve- if Vegas continues to chase him out of the net like they have these first two games, I, I don't see how the Panthers can contend, but I hope they do. I want more hockey. I just I, I want to see oh, yeah. more hockey. So
1: Yeah, oh, seven game series in any sport is something you want to hear. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, Game seven are the two greatest words in sports, they always say.
1: That's right unless you're a fan of a certain team and you don't want that
0: but <laughs> right right <laughs> exactly so garrison my last question is how can we pray for you guys at fight laugh feast how can we pray for you and uh, the organization you're working with there
1: well uh i would i would pray for our upcoming conference at the ark encounter you yes. know we want to have two thousand people at this event we yeah. want to have uh, 40 to 50 christian conservative vendors at this event have you ever event. been there
0: have you ever been at the ark encounter
1: never so my joke is always uh i'm killing two birds with one stone yeah, no. at this event but noah wouldn't like that <laughs> <laughs> um, i always use that line with uh, when i'm trying to call a company to get them to come out and vend, and it, it, so far it's elicited laughs so uh, we'll see yeah no, th- <laughs> no
0: it's good that's a solid lead i love it thank you thank you yeah so you um, got so, the conference coming up the fight left feast conference in october right. i believe
1: that's right. October 11th through the 14th. I hope to see you and your listeners out there. Yeah. Um Amen. And then, uh, just in general, I would say just that the the Lord blesses uh, the show with new listeners and new followers. You know, day by day, month by month, to where eventually we are we're replacing secular and legacy media. Yeah. You know, we want to we want to take down Fox News. They're compromised as heck now. We want to yeah. we want to be up there with Daily Wire and the Blaze. They're both compromised. Right. You know, the the Daily Wire uh, bringing on, uh, Dave Rubin to talk with Jordan Peterson about the merits of gay parenting. I yeah, can't do it. You know, no. Can't. So it, there is a need for an organization like ours within uh, this space yeah. and, uh, it just takes, it just so happens that it takes, you know, 30 plus million dollars to get the ball rolling. right? And, uh, it, that's going to take time and a devotion to what the Lord has laid before us. So, uh, just prayer for prayers for you know that growth and encouragement always be a plus there too.
0: Yeah, and so. they say the best time to plant a tree is thirty years ago, and the second best time is yesterday. That's right. And uh, we're uh, post mill over here. Exactly, we got time. <laughs> exactly. And so, like when when Gideon and I started this show, our our goal we want to ultimately take down ESPN. That's all, like, we, want, we want this to be the sports network that people come to because we we want to be able to tell people, you can get your news, you can get your sports media from a place that's going to properly order things under the Lordship of Christ and all of those God. topics that people hate about sports that they will get footstooled, as we call it. And God will God, God will rule over this. And if we can be the first step of that or inspire someone else who is more capable than us to do it, then by all means, mm. yes and amen.
1: Amen absolutely and it's sad because growing up i wanted to work for espn yeah that that was that was my dream Mm -hmm. and again seeing the direction that it's gone now if they came and offered offered me a gig as a broadcaster Mm -hmm. i i don't think in good conscience anybody could take that right so that's why we want to build it here with cross politic that's why we want to see what you're doing uh over at at kingdom sports uh and see you guys grow uh christ the thing I i would always say is I think we're in a fight for the next five to 10, 20 years, however long the Lord has us in this Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. But then this woke culture, this uh, anti-God culture can only destroy. It's going to eat itself and fall in on itself. We're going to see that at sports. We're going to see that in politics. Uh, And ultimately, we as Christians need to be ready to rise back up and reclaim those areas. Amen.
0: Amen. And Garrison, where can people find your show? Where can people find you on social? If they want to see more from you, where can we find you?
1: So I'm mostly a Facebook guy. You can find me on there, Garrison Hardy. Uh, uh, you can find me on the fight, laugh, feast app. It's just the daily news brief, mm-hmm. um, the cross politic daily news brief. You can find us online at uh, cross com or fight, dot com, um, And you'll be able to find my shows there. Um, and, Yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys.
0: Great. Excellent. Garrison, thanks so much. This was a blast getting to talk to you finally and uh, getting to know you better. Lord willing, we can have you on the show again sometime in the future.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again for the opportunity, Ross.
0: Excellent. And everyone, thank you for listening to another interview on Kingdom City. As always, take what you've heard into your city and change your city for the kingdom. I'm Ross. That's Garrison. God bless.